All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, we got time for a few questions here. You got a plane to catch. Johnny, true, you admitted yourself to a Colorado hospital with a gerbil inside your anal cavity. Well, you got to get it out, right? Uh, you got to clear your own zone. Uh, you get in trouble, you got to get those pucks high hard off the glass. Mike, rumor is that there's a sexually transmitted fungal infection going on amongst the coaching staff. Who's to blame for that? Ultimately, it's on the players. Uh, ultimately, it's on the guys in this room. It's where it starts. Uh, it's like I said, you know, it's too bad that somebody's got to wear it. It's usually the coach. It is the Department of Discipline as we fly full speed towards the NHL's all-star break. We're past the midpoint. We, we moaned about, uh, we lamented the dog days of the winter. The uh, the challenge and how do we get up for game number 43 last week? We joked the Department of Player Safety went on vacation. Not this week, my friend. We've got some goodies. Welcome to it. I'm Ryan Pinder. That's Jay Rosehill, the former Leaf and Flyer. And uh, we are not in a barn. Just want to confirm that. It's looking that way these days. I like it, though. Barn vibes. This is, uh, this feel a little closer to home for you? Than... Good, good Western feel in here. Yeah. I'm at home. You betcha. And you look right. sharp in the lumberjack outfit Yeah, no, well. it's, it's all fitting. I don't know that we, we planned for this to happen, but it mm-hmm. certainly happened. We've got the, the Western vibes, and we've got a big tilt between a Western team that I think prides itself on being physical against one of the pestier, more annoying teams in the NHL. How many weeks have we come in and talked about the Florida Panthers. We've mentioned them before. We've had a couple Nick Cousins alone episodes. We're always speaking in glowing terms about Matthew Kachuk's pesty nature. Uh-huh. Uh, Jonah Gadjevich has had some tilts we've talked about. We know that Ryan Lomberg is a bit of a ball of muck. Do we have a new name to add? I think Let's nice. check the tape as we go to, uh, well, the 19th of January, last weekend, when what happened? Well, 
William Lockwood, a 25-year-old who's not necessarily big and not necessarily mean, uh, runs into Marc-Andre Fleury behind the net while playing the puck. Uh, It's an unusual one, Jay, because obviously we understand the reaction here. The Minnesota Wild hate this. That is a future Hall of Famer Mm. that got hit while he was playing the puck. And the Florida Panthers, they are in their element. This is what they do. They agitate and they, uh, yo, extracurriculars, we're all about that. Now, before we get to the ensuing chaos and the eventual Department of Player Safety activity, uh, we do have a couple looks at this. At first glance, Flurry dumped back to the net, and a late penalty coming on this play. There's no way they were going to just sit there. Kind of thinking, okay, it's goalie interference, but it doesn't look that bad. He's trying to wheel in a small, small lane between the goalie and the wall behind the net. See it here. Watch after this. You see, no arm goes up at that moment. The official right there is not yet calling a penalty. It's the reverse angle that really changes a lot of things, isn't it? That reverse angle is hard to find. 95% of the video you can see, including everything on the news, Twitter, anywhere you're going to look at this, is from Mark andre Fleury's back and and where Lockwood's coming towards the camera and it looks like the most egregious suspension I've ever seen I was up in arms could not believe like this is just barely goaltender interference from all the angles that you could see and Mark Andre's out there he's in the trapezoid he's playing it and the guy tries to get out of his way his feet are right against the dasher and he clips him he falls down whoop-de-doo but in the other angle where it's from Lockwood's back and you can see Mark andres head clear as day, he just goes shoulder right through his head. Yeah. And I was yelling, how is that a suspension, let alone one game? How do you not be okay with two, three-game suspension losing my marbles until we saw that uh, other angled view, which why that's not the only angle they would show on the broadcast, Seriously. I have no idea. But he kind of does blow through the guy's uh, head. It is Marc-Andre Fleury, and it is the Florida Panthers. So, you know, whether you could argue they missed the boat on some of the Nick Cousins stuff, uh, after seeing that second angle, I understood. I still don't like it. I think you should be able to maybe give a little clip to a goalie here and there, but not the head of Marc-Andre Fleury. So I'm not surprised it is three after seeing that. I'm not super old school. Like, I enjoy the tilts, I, I but but I'm not like, we need to change the game back to the way it, I'm not necessarily there. One of the things I've always really been keen on is, okay, so goalies typically have more equipment and are bigger, and they want to come out of their net where they are protected and safe and come play a puck that's not in their crease. Mm-hmm. Why are they not full fair game? Because you kind of can read the rule book and, think they might be but then anytime anyone sneezes near one it's a minor never mind the suspension stuff like i'm just thinking okay take this hit out of it i would just be very comfortable if goalies know when they leave their crease you're a player playing the puck and it's still a contact sport it does not switch to a different sport it still remains a contact sport I know what you're saying. Uh, I think it's different to be a skater and to be involved in the physical altercations and the physicality and the body checking to be a a goalie. I know they have lots of gear on, but they're skinny little dudes who have never learned how to take a body check, never body checked anyone back to to throw it out there and say they're fair game, I think would be wild. I would be for (laughs) it, but I just, it will never happen. And I think it goes back to, you know, the days where the players just dictated what was acceptable and what was not. The rule never used to be this thick. And I mean, I mean, back then they decided you plow through our goalie, our season could be over. How You're going to get some. How many teams out there could have their goalie be in a full t- contact position? Goaltenders are not known as the toughest guys in the world. You know, you're going to lose goalies to that. And how sure. many teams would season would go down well, the, the drain if they lose their number one goalie from getting crushed by a four checker? I got you. 
But again, are they forced to go play a puck or are they choosing to leave the safety of their crease to go play a puck? This day and age, these kids learn how to handle the puck. They get behind. They're a big part of power play breakouts. breakouts. They're a big part of all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, that's just not going to happen. But in a different world, you probably could have implemented that and had a whole new element to hockey that would have been pretty cool. Okay, so we're not quite done with this. That's Lockwood runs into Marc-Andre Fleury, the future Hall of Famer. Does stay in the game, but does not Mm -hmm. finish the game. This is like two minutes in. We have some a fracas that ensues right after. We get into the second period. Mark Arnold Fleury comes out. Halfway through the second period, he then leaves the game. Yeah. Um, we, we sort of jump the gun. It is a three-game suspension for William Lockwood as a result of this hit. I can't help but think Mark Arnold Fleury leaving the game and being injured is part of that formula of how you get to three. 100%. Because if he stays in the game and plays the next game, I don't know that I see three, even with that reverse angle. Well, 15 minutes ago, like I said, I was in up in arms over the whole thing. But if you haven't seen the other view, which I, I'm guessing most people haven't because we're all yeah. there like researching it and it took a long time to find that view, yeah. surprisingly. Um, I, if, you, if you have an opinion on this, you can't if you haven't seen both views of it. Um, the, the original view from behind Mark Andre Fleury looks like he just gets clipped in the shoulder. How is that a three-game suspension? But I believe his head probably was bothering him. He didn't pull the shoot. He tried to continue playing. And it is Hall of Famer Mark Andre Fleury. It is the uh, you know a direct shot to the head with a shoulder. Yep. It is a goaltender, and yep. it is the Florida Panthers. I mean, everything just adds up. Yeah. I, I shrug my shoulders and say I can see it. I probably would have given him one. Yeah. I certainly I two. Frick, I'm being I'm really stretching out there. Three is just like okay, you roll your eyes and move on. It does feel like a perfect storm. I, I think one of the things that's lost that people that probably haven't played the sport are like, look at this, look at this. If you are going to move in at the speed that William Lockwood moves and your feet are at the dashboard and cannot go further out, you cannot stand stationarily straight up and make that turn. (laughs) The only way to stay on your skates without running into the boards is to lean at that speed. He comes Mm -hmm. in hot and yes, he can throw himself into the glass to try to slide by. He's taking a turn and he doesn't change the circumference for the hit. It's the only path he has without pushing himself into the glass. A spot where if the glass wasn't there, he would fall over. Mm -hmm. You cannot skate perfectly straight up, making a turn without falling to the outside. And I think that's kind of missed by some people that aren't playing the sport. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the the DOP still said you need to find a way to do it. And he could have, you know, slow down, smacked his back up against the glass right as he gets to flurry and realizes, you know, the pucks passed him. Mm -hmm. It's all happening very fast. But I mean, when you, when you go flying behind a net, cutting behind the net to a goalie playing the puck, you know, there's, you're, there's a chance where you're going to have to get out of the way unless you're just planning on cranking the goalie which would cause all out mayhem he cranks him pretty good right in the head it wasn't as obvious as it could have been in an old school goalie run but they spoke and said you have an onus on yourself to get yourself out of the way of his head and he went right through mark andre Fleury's head reckless is one of the words used in by department of player safety and and you're right the onus is on the player to avoid that contact even if that means slowing down or throwing yourself into the glass or just slamming the brakes sure I kind of wish it was okay to do that. <laughs> oh, it'd be beautiful. It really would. It would be a whole different game for goaltenders going back there for dumping the puck would be a oh, different they think scenario. Start twice. And guys <laughs> like Mike Smith would be like, I'm on retiring. Seriously. It's time, baby. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're almost done with Duheim and Lockwood. And we haven't mentioned Duheim. How could we be done with Duheim? We're just really? about to get started because moments later, William Lockwood has to come out for another shift on the ice after the wild watch Mark Andre Fleury uh, well, lose the stick, fall to the ice. Stays in at that point, but uh, 
The Wild are not a meek team. The Wild pride themselves on being tough, physical, hard to play against. And the Panthers, whatever your rep is, you have to answer the bell for this behavior. That's what happened. Picked up by Verhage. Turns, fires, save, and now Lockwood's in a fight with Duhamel. Well, this is a tough customer. And give Will Lockwood credit. He knew it was coming. And against tough Brandon Duhamel, Lockwood trying to stand up well. Duhamel got one in there. Yeah, you knew he was going to get challenged right away, Lockwood, and he threw some he threw some rights. He just stood there. He did not tuck down or try to stop the fight. He welcomed it, and he started throwing them as hard as he could. You mean, though, he got one in there, and that one really stung Lockwood. Yeah, uh, you know, Lockwood had to answer the bell and goes up against uh, Duheim, pretty big boy, and... I didn't love what what Lockwood did in there. I mean, hat absolute hats off to him. You shed up, you shed your stuff, you you show up. But there's a point in time there where he's he doesn't have a good grab by any stretch, and he stands square shouldered, you know, right to this guy who's throwing, and and his chin is just sitting there exposed, and he gets tagged, and he's out on his feet and basically folds his spine backwards, which you never Ooh. like to see. Um, he really got KO'd there, and that's. It's not ideal, but, uh, you know, he did leave the game, and it's unknown whether he's injured or not because he gets the suspension after that game, which Uh, is unfortunate. But uh, hopefully all the best to him. He's feeling all right, but he definitely led with his chin there and paid the price. He ducks a hard right out of the gate, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That could have done some damage, and he's given up some size there. You bet. Three inches, probably 20 pounds. That's off for playing hard and showing up and answering the bell. I I just love the mentality of that uh, Florida Panthers team. We were going through it, and these They've got a lot of guys that yeah. like that stuff. So we've talked a bunch about Nick Cousins. Uh, Lomberg and Kachuk are total, the way they play, under-your-skin pesty types that will fight if need be. Jonah Gadjevich yeah. would fight the shift after this in the same game. Not mm-hmm. much came of that one. Um, and maybe we have to add William Lockwood's name. I don't know that the Pims would suggest we do, but uh, maybe that's just part of that when you're on a team that plays on that edge you can take a little more liberty understanding that that's kind of got you in the sweet spot. I think the Panthers like playing games like this. It's contagious, man. I mean, we, if you follow a team that plays soft as hell, you're just begging for someone, for them to bring some people in to do that so that it kind of reverberates through mm-hmm. the roster and the stars are playing a little bigger and all the guys play, you know, an inch taller and 15 pounds heavier and it's a, it's a beautiful thing and th- there's nothing better than having a whole group of guys that are willing to do that doesn't matter what line it's out there mm-hmm. if it's all spread out you know not completely evenly but everyone plays with a little bit of an edge it, it's it's fantastic it's way better than having one heavyweight meathead and everyone else just kind of hides behind him it's not that way anymore i love these teams that are kind of spreading it out a little bit and everyone mm-hmm. kind of buys a piece of the of the pie to to subscribe to that style of play and the teams that do that seem to be having success call me crazy some of them are for sure. Yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, I don't know that it correlates like you can't win without it, and, and they don't have enough, they won't win. But I do know that it's 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 a more entertaining game to watch, and those teams feel like they're a little more playoff ready. Some of them, like I don't worry about the Panthers in a long physical series. I would, would agree. You? I would agree. Uh, <laughs> Playing like you out there on the pond. Is, oh, is that it? Is it? So we finally uh, we got out of studio. We got out of town. We went into the mountains uh, here in Western Canada, and we were both uh, playing pond, in a pond hockey tournament this weekend. In beautiful Jasper, Alberta, about Jasper. a four-hour drive through the 
through the mountains, heart of the Rocky Mountains. It was uh, gorgeous, a little mystery Alaska feel, kind of. Yeah. So if people in, have been in Western Canada, it's about three hours north of Banff, straight through mountain passes. If mm-hmm. people haven't been to Western Canada, the mis- mystery Alaska feel is not a bad vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, frozen ponds, mountains. Snow falling, chalets, wood cabins, yeah, yeah, cottages. It's uh, it was unbelievable. We got amazing weather. It would have been about minus forty a week prior, where <laughs> it doesn't matter whether we're talking about Celsius or Fahrenheit. Yeah. And instead, we were right around freezing temperatures for the whole weekend, which was just perfect pond yeah. hockey weather. I got Type to, of you could crack a beer after a game. Uh, yeah, weird. Do we do a little bit of that? Yeah. I, I got to saw Pinder, uh, you know, unleashed. I <laughs> saw your competitive side. I saw your trolling side. I saw your rap bastard side. There's a lot of angles. There. And your hockey player side. You can play out there. You guys you won the whole shebang. You can move a you little. You were going hard. But people don't like it when you try. That's the thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like we can't win if we don't try. I was surprised so at the, the level of try, but that we got to they got to walk that tightrope. Right? And, and for a guy with you know a Jerry curled mullet who <laughs> oh, dresses the way you do, sometimes I wouldn't have pegged you for a rules guy. <laughs> but wow, did you have the finger on the rules book this weekend? Well, there was only one violation that needed serious attention. We we were shorthanded in a, an important game that ended up winning us the tournament. And we had asked the other team, we're a little shorthanded. Can you play three on three? And they said, no, we're going to stay four on four, which is their right. So if that is the case, <laughs> don't let me catch you change it on the fly if those are against the rules. You already got more bodies than us. We're playing by your terms. That would um, that would be fair. Well, but you, it was a tone setter. It had to be done. You got to draw a line in the sand, especially with your rivals. You, you can't just, let them cross that line. You took it down. You brought the trophy home. So whatever you did, I'm, uh, I, um, I'm respecting it. And I think I'm going to do a little recruiting for next year's. You might have to. You did not have a lot of help. Uh, One of my favorite shifts was at the end of our game, uh, our side had outclassed yours, not your fault at all. We we had a few Mm. players. They had you. Um, And I was flying down the wing, puck in the backhand, and you were like, you had me trolley tracks, but it's sorry, it's pond hockey. It's (laughs) not the American League. This isn't this isn't the Flyers playing the Penguins at whatever you know bank in Philly it's named after at the moment. Like, and you're like, oh. Pender, I just want to bury you. Ah, and you can like, like mutter it in my ear, but I'm like, eh. there was a point I almost let Pinder under my skin, but <laughs> cool, almost. cooler heads prevailed. But you dangled me at one point late in the game. Like I could hear my 10 year old, if he was there yelling broken ankles from the no. sideline is, I think you did a little dangle on me. So I was just about ready to get fired up, but uh, I didn't have enough wind to be honest with I you. Was, I'm out of shape. Yeah. Well, and you guys fell behind and they had to ride the, uh, the Rose Hill train in the second half. It was the only mm. way this game was going to be close. Uh, I was expecting to get tossed into a snowbank. We somehow survived that. And the beauty is, not unlike you and Sean Thornton, like you talked about last week, or some of the fraternity, <laughs> when the game was over, who did we have to drink beer in the hot tub with the rest of the weekend? Our rivals. Oh, everybody comes it together. Beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. That was it's my favorite part. The sport part. of hockey unites yeah. us all. Uh, big, oh, big shout out and thank yous to our our sponsors of that tournament. I know there's a bunch of podcasts on this network. We were all out there. Lots of people from across Western Canada, Toronto as well. We had teams from all over coming in. There was two divisions, I think 12 teams in total, uh, Winter Wonderland. But I do want to say thanks to Booster Juice, Tourism Jasper, our great pals at Betway who uh, did all the jerseys up for us and had a bunch of fun. Yeah, they took and, care of uh, us. Every year, bigger and better. So we'll be back next year. Looking forward to Good it. Good to get off campus with Rosie, too. I know. We had the trophy for the, the tournament, but for best story, I think Friday night <laughs> at the bar, 
we need two trophies for that whatever doozy that was. <laughs> I was looking around and there we were like we were gathering an audience for just crying every out two loud. minutes there's another person like, Oh, I'm not leaving until I hear the end of this one. Oh. This keeps getting better and better. <laughs> we might need to save that. Catching one. a load of this, get over here. <laughs> do some Googling of that story that hopefully my kids never do. But uh, Well, we'll just leave it to I'm sure maybe if you could part fiction, non who's to say? Just a great story. Right. If you're savvy, you could figure it out. Maybe I'll tell her sometime. <laughs> We get fan mail, apparently. Did you know that? <laughs> Just found this out. I'm a little nervous about it. Uh, you never you never know. We these. talked about it a few weeks ago. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, it's, a, it's an envelope, if you're listening. Uh, this one comes from Illinois. I don't want to say any name. I don't get in trouble. doesn't feel like there's any anthrax in here, any powders, <laughs> illicit poisons. Uh, this is directed to Jay Rosehill, courtesy of Department of Discipline Podcast Studio. Uh, okay. Via airmail, it says, do not bend. No, there's only a few things this could be. You get fan mail. I do not. What are we, uh, what are we pegging the odds at this being? What, do we, what have we got as options? What could this be? I'm going to go with a 10 to 12-year-old hockey card or else, if it's personal, like say outside of the, the bus at a game or outside of a rink, maybe a picture with a kid. Hard mm. to say. There has been one time I got uh, not sufficient for work pictures really not suitable for the workplace that's correct one time that happened one time it was your uh, card and they wanted you to sign it or was it someone else's picture it was a picture of a of a younger lady it was just an interesting positioning um in a filthy apartment with stuff everywhere very very gross looking background um standing up on the toilet using that as a mounting place that's that's probably enough i think we get the spirit so let's (laughs) let's open the envelope and see what we got here well, it's carefully. Gonna be, it's gonna be disappointing so now so after that. Uh, I mean, who's to say? You probably thought it was a hockey card that time too. Well, old Jay doesn't get too many of these. You know, we got oh, some we got a letter, too. letter with some kids oh, writing. Maybe okay. We oh, hey, oh, what do we got here? Oh, it looks. 
It's like a Leafs victory rookie card. Would you take a look at that? And he's he's taking care of it. He's got it in the little plastic protector. Good man. Uh, I love it. Okay, so we got six three one ninety five shoots left. Uh, number thirty eight. Seventy games played. Two hundred and seventy five pims. Two thousand eight nine split between Norfolk and Toronto of the American League. Jay, 275 pims in 70 games. Well done. That was a couple, wasn't it? Nice kid here. I'm uh, I'm so-and-so. I'm 23 years old. Just wanted to let you know that I think you are a terrific hockey forward and a keen pro- podcaster. Ah. As a player, you always give it 110% effort each game. Oh, my head's getting far too big. Anything wild? Uh, just trying to go out there and collect a little hockey collection. Good man. Ooh, I, have, I love the Department of Discipline, by the way. While I'm not a Toronto fan, I would also watch the Leafs Morning Take podcast. In my opinion, the NHL fell off after the 25-16 season. I miss when it wasn't a no-hitting league. Oh, here's a guy that subscribes to the MO, baby. I love it. Good stuff. And uh, Siggy's it up. P.S. Keep up the hard work. Well, we appreciate that. Send it in any time. I'll sign that baby and get it right back in the mail. And here's a guy who knows what he's doing. Sends a... Oh, return address mm, already stamped. Beautiful man. What a beautiful man. good stuff. Like it. Sign it. Black Sharpie. Do we have a Black Sharpie? We'll figure it out. We'll expense one to the office. We're going to need one here. This is great stuff. Hoping to meet you someday, Jay. Cool. Well, we're going to be doing a little more uh, on-location stuff in the future, I would imagine. That's right. We'll be in Toronto in a couple weeks for All-Star Week. Looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Um, There's a guy that uh, re-emerged. I feel like uh, if he was a a villain in a movie, he would be like, just like, is he really human? Is It's like, you remember the penguin from the original? It's like, the worm is back. Corey Perry (laughs) has inked with the Edmonton Oilers that... News uh, arriving over the past weekend. What are your thoughts when you hear Perry to Edmonton? And of course, they do it right after, I believe, what, their 12th or 13th consecutive victory mm-hmm. on an absolute heater for the ages after that miserable start. The Oilers look as terrifying as any team out there, and they just added um, a guy who's 38, but a guy who's big, and certainly a guy I think that this podcast would appreciate the way he played. Yeah, I think so. I When I think of Corey Perry, I, I just think of the playoffs and the series that he's been uh, involved in the last four or five years, would you call it? He's I'd call been, it 20 years. Well, that too. I mean, <laughs> right? he wins I mean, the he cup won in, in Anaheim, Oh, seven. That's going yeah. back a, a ways. And, you know, he's been to the finals multiple times since then uh, with different organizations in every single series of every single one of those runs. He was a big part of it, whether he's scoring the big goal, he comes up big on the power play, hitting, playing tough, being a, a shit disturber, mm-hmm. scrapping if he has to, sucking the team in, knocking them off of their game plan phenomenal playoff performer and a lot to offer and obviously because of some you know things that happened um personally and off the ice you get him for free league minimum nothing and it's just like yes please there's nothing about it i don't like yeah he was slated to make four with chicago uh whatever off ice incident occurred and we've heard all kinds of things that weren't the right edition of it i don't know that we'll ever know exactly what the true version of what occurred was but the team said look Conduct off the ice wasn't to what we expect for Blackhawks players. We're going to terminate your contract. And after he went and sought out some uh, counseling help, or at least some help with uh, the, uh, what would it be, the NHL PA's player assistance program, he says yeah. he's thankful for the help that he got. He's in a much better place. He's ready to go. And the Oilers, to your point, don't have to trade for this. They're not giving up picks. It's not <sighs> anywhere near the $4 million tag that... 
Uh, he was slated to make in Chicago. It's essentially a league minimum. And there's up to about a third of a million dollars in bonuses, mostly based on games played and how far they go in the playoffs. If he hits 10 games, he's going to get like another quarter of a million bucks. He's going to get to 10 games unless he gets hurt. I'm telling you that for free. Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying that the, he's going to be a huge difference maker in the playoffs. That's yet to be seen. That's up to him, and no one can predict that. But the track record speaks for itself. Yeah. You know he's capable, and at the very least, he's got the experience, know what it looks like, know what the attitude's supposed to be. He is 38, like you said. He'll be a veteran presence in that locker room. Mm-hmm. He knows what it looks like. He can help facilitate that, and they've desperately needed that in Edmonton in the playoffs mm-hmm. a guy that can kind of really point the team in the right direction that's been their problem for a while now is is getting on that track and staying on it with all their talent they they keep having hiccups whether it's defensively or their goaltending and you know Dreisaitl and McDavid as phenomenal as they are they're they can't do it all by themselves and I yep. think he provides a little piece of a puzzle that Edmonton could absolutely use and I'd be surprised if he wasn't effective in the playoffs for them this year yeah, it's just a, it's an environment he's comfy in and yeah. the way that the game changes in the playoffs, not just the way it's officiated because the players play it differently too. I mean, yeah. guys are shot out of cannons. I always love that first night of playoffs. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, give me all the games, multiple screens. It's at the intermission. We're jumping over here, double header, triple header, whatever it is. It's just like, of course the game's officiated differently. The players are playing differently. Mm-hmm. Like you're going out. Everyone's trying to play like Joe, Jay Rosehill, whether they're on the first line or the fourth line. You know what I mean? Like you're literally going out and saying, it's seven games, potentially, we see you. I'm the guy lining up across from you. It begins now where I'm going to outlast you. Yeah, it is uh, it is a war of attrition in the playoffs. And, you know, there's such a buildup to it. And, like, the whole season from training camp, it's a bit of a drag. It's a bit of a, a grind at times, especially through January, February. Mm-hmm. And you're working, you're working. And finally, you get to those playoffs and, like, the new hoodies and hats come in with the, you know, the playoff version and, you know, all the work is done, the yelling and the posturing, like it's, we're here. The work is done. We know who we are. Let's see if we're good enough. It's a very exciting time for those players and everyone knows it jumps up. That's all the coaches preaching. Like, just so you know, the level is about to get bumped big time. So you've been told that for a week straight you get to to game one of the playoffs and you're amped and then the team over there is amped and everyone comes out guns blazing it is a wicked time of the year for playoffs and you know having you know putting the right pieces in place like the Oilers are trying to do is uh is an exciting time to to have assets and and additions that will help you out during that time of year yeah you just think about a young player on the Oilers sitting on the bus or the plane next to Corey Perry being like, what is this going to be like? He yeah, knows. yeah. He's going to tell you. What tell you. Oh, I don't know, kid. No, he's been through some wars. He's played a ton of playoff games. And I suddenly look at that team and there's a lot of veterans. Mm. I mean, like Derek Ryan's a guy that came late over from Europe, but he's mid thirties depth guy. Evander Kane is longer in the tooth has played in a lot of playoff series. Mm-hmm. Veteran guy. They bring in Matias Ekholm. He's played a ton of games. Playoff series with Nash. Really went all the way to the cup final with him that one year. There's another veteran older guy. Sam Gagne. I don't know how much he's going to play, but yeah. like that's another he's guy. Been around. And, he's a good and, guy. I've played and, with him. And you look at them. That, that's not a young team anymore. Mm-hmm. Their superstars are in their prime, if not maybe past this point scoring prime that you usually see. Like Gretzky and Lemieux. It's like usually before 25, they hit their career highs, not after. But still absolutely in their prime. But they've now surrounded them with a lot of veterans that have been through these battles and wars. And there is still a bit of a sprinkling of youth, like Ryan McLeod, Evan Bouchard, Skinner, the goalie. But it would be one of the older teams in the league. I suppose if 
you've got a window here before those deals expire on the superstars when they're going to get either way more expensive or they choose to leave. Get some guys that have been there before. Yeah, and I think they're uh, they're smart to do that. They've been known as a young team, an experienced team, uh, teams that have gone through some growing pains. It's it's funny, like you say, how fast the last ten years flies by with the Edmonton Oilers, and you know what's happened with them. But like you say, you surround them with the right people who you know you f- you learn from your mistakes and try to make up for them. And you you've got Leon and Drysital, and you know their goaltending has always kind of been their Achilles' heel. But Skinner through this you know thirteen game, I think it is now run is and it's probably very likely going to get higher with their schedule coming up. It's a phenomenal hockey they're playing. I think a lot of it's because of Skinner. You can go back to the coaching change as well, which Mm -hmm. I don't think hurt at all. I I think he gets a little too much credit. I think more Skinner is the reason why they're capable of doing this, but they're definitely finding their stride. You cannot argue that with the, uh, the wins they've racked up here lately. Did you have a Perry running? Did you play against him, or was it only just like you'd see him time to time and be like, I respect or, or like I enjoy the way that guy plays? I didn't really have a run in with him. Um, I remember him coming up, and it was in like the minors. I'm young, I'm a defenseman, and they had the Ryan Getzlaps and the yeah. Perrys and, and these guys playing in the minors because that was Brian Burke's MO at the time. Like these guys get them in the minors, get them used to being a pro, and then kind of gradually bring them up after, you know, 25, 30 games, depending on who they are. But I remember. I remember them coming up. Perry's the exact same age as me, and um, I didn't run into him too much personally. He's, you know, it would have been regular season and out of conference yeah. and not really a, a huge war, but uh, I was very aware of him and what he was capable of and how he played and um, definitely respected him the whole time. His career is fantastic, and it looks like he's still got more to go. Uh, went to a final with Montreal, uh, Tampa, Dallas, they made a run. Tampa twice, I believe. No. Yeah, and then obviously the, this time in Anaheim, they they've had a lot of significant runs. Yeah. They, they owned the Pacific Division for a while. There at least had some great battles with LA. If the, the years they weren't, it winning. was Tampa just once, I believe, because he didn't win the one with them. But yeah, he went to the finals. Montreal. They he played on when they lost to Tampa, and then he jumps to Tampa. Yeah, and he kept missing it, but uh, <laughs> won the one already early on. And you know, no stranger to the playoff uh, atmosphere. He's he's built for it, man. I, I I love that he's still there. I you know those guys are starting to look like relics like 38 years old well that was the epic draft class that was the class where everyone in the whole first round played oh three and, and i think he's the guy left i don't know how many others are in there like it's got to be well, flurry went number one that year so, i was that year and got i'm a little further down i was gonna say another first round there some yeah. guys <laughs> so it'd be flurry and perry because yes, like gets laughs now retired mm-hmm um, and what would it be? Crosby would be the year after, maybe a couple of years after. Yeah, you'd have to go look. But that, uh, that he's still going. He might outlast everyone there. I would number, not have had him on the bingo card to outlast everyone else. That first round is laughable at, at who's on there. Like it's, oh, it's uh, nuts, yeah. a guy named Hugh Jessamine was one of the only huge guys. Specimen, to, the huge specimen. He did play. Played him a lot. He did get it. Was late on and late later on it. too, and uh, got a few games. And so he, he he can say he made it. But that first round is is one of the, the deepest ones in of all time. I would and say. I just think about Anaheim in that draft class. It's like okay, yeah two first rounders they weren't that high but it was like yeah somewhere around 10 gets laughed somewhere around 20 oh, let's grab perry and it's like that changes your franchise for a decade and a half 100 hang did. banners you've got two legitimate first ballot hall of famers um and yeah like hockey in anaheim certainly worked well because of those guys being there. Who's to say what it looked like if that team lost forever? They didn't. They won for almost ever, it felt yeah. like. Yeah, they had a lot of success early on. I mean, the Paul Korea days and, you know, from Solani, the get-go, yeah. they had some exciting hockey there. And they, yeah, Solani, and, and they took it down. They won a cup. And in that market, that's important to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that rink isn't exactly downtown anywhere. It's on the, 
side North of the highway Callan, in Anaheim yeah. there. And yeah. it's a nice rink and a beautiful place to play, but not a hockey market. So it's it's nice when you see those uh, those markets do well and, and have success right off the bat. Weird. I don't know where he gets his skate sharp, but he always seems to lose his balance right by your goalie. Did you notice that with Barry? <laughs> oh, I know he does, man. <laughs> like He's that's the best a Matthew Kachuk special where it's like, oh, and I just was teetering as you bumped into me and now I'm going to have to fall on your goalie. Gosh, I'm sorry about this, guys. Oh, we have to fight? Okay, fine. <laughs> and, and there's always, you know, he always gets the retaliation. There and, you go. And sells it. Yeah. Beautifully, and if he doesn't get the power play out of it, he at least pisses them off, gets them off their game, mm-hmm. has a chance to rattle their goalie, and is going to come out of it even every time. Yeah. He's very good at it. No, and it's like that's the guy that knows how to swing momentum and can up the temperature in a series, yeah. and, and they often don't need it. But he'll be right at home with some playoff hockey uh, with the Oilers. Okay, time for our fight of the week. Scott Sabarin, Jared Tenorti. Oh, we got a scrap right here. This is because of the hit. And that was on Justin Bailey. Bailey struggling on that bench after getting clocked right in front of the bench right there. A little step-up play. Jared Tenorti, no stranger to a fight against Scott Sabarin. And Tenorti making Sabarin... Sabarin's bounced around. Sort of a almost a quad-A guy. He'll come up and down to the HL and the NHL for a lot of different organizations now. Mm-hmm. Can throw him. Has been able to throw him for a while. And Tenorti, pretty high-profile defenseman for the Habs way back. Oh, look at those seats on the glass. And they got a good look. Tenorti, his jaw reinforced after it was broken last year. It's full of metal and was made of concrete either way. Tenorti still swinging. Sabarin with his lid still on. Yeah, I kind of had Sabarin like uh, up there with my guy that could kind of lead the league, but with him being up and down, I mean, you look in the minors, he's had a couple of big goes with some tough guys, Gallant in particular, but I found out he's a lefty here and it's weird. He get he looked like he's gonna smack, and he goes for the block instead. And he's got to eat a few. He, he yeah. ends up getting 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 loose, and you can tell he's a lefty. I've seen him square off a few times, which is you know being a natural lefty. Ooh. There they go, a couple toe to toes. My goodness, they they trade a couple there. It ends up being a fantastic fight, and you know Tenorti had a pretty good hold on him there for a while. But it just goes to show, man, when I'll, when two guys of the opposite hand square off. If they both decide to throw, there's nothing stopping either of them. And mm-hmm. there's two punches going at the same time. I mean, sometimes you end up punching the guy's hand in the air. I've broke my thumb doing that. No and way. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's usually a war when you'd go to that. And it's all the more so when the guy's a natural lefty like Sabrin looks like they had a good go. And our fight of the week, it's good to see. Two big fellas as well and guys that uh, aren't foreign to doing that. Uh, was They say styles make fights. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you said earlier, if it's it's two guys that are a little too cautious or both trying to do the same thing, sometimes you don't get a good fight. Mm-hmm. That's an example of Styles making a great fight. Was there a guy that every time you scrapped, it was just like, whew, these are never boring, whether it was a lefty or your willingness to throw lefts out of the gate to let someone else go rights? Yeah, I mean, so many guys, man, uh, you know. Because you had mentioned someone that uh, – we talked about Thornton last week, but there's another guy that was up there with him. Uh, Eric Bolton, I fought quite a few times, and I knew that just his style, he was, you know, those shorter, very stockier, very strong guys. They're not the big string out guys like the six foot five guys who've got a ton of length Hold to them. Out here. Yeah, they stand in there and they, they can chuck those short, powerful punches. And I'd say, all right, let's do that. And like I said, you you were guaranteed to get a big fireworks out of something like that, especially if, if you go the opposite hand of the guy. It just opens up. If you let go of his big boy hand, and he's going to be chucking it, so just do it as well. And you know it's going to be big and hope for the best. But like you say, similar styles, both trying to do the same thing, doesn't always work out that well. But keep an eye on Sabarin because, uh, 
a lefty like that, more often than not, is going to be in some uh, entertaining ones. No kidding. All right. Uh, appreciate you joining us this week. An abbreviated episode. Our next one's pretty interesting. Um, we will be doing it live from Toronto. Yeah. Places. That'll be good. Just to, to get back into the center of the universe. It just... It's going to warm our hearts, and I'm sure yours as well. It'll be all-star break festivities in Toronto. Uh, we got a bunch of podcasters heading out there to do some shows uh, live in Toronto, so look forward to that one dropping maybe a little later next week, but it uh, should be fun, and we'll be able to sit back and assess where things are at at the break. Uh, I also think we should, would need to ask you what you would do with like a nine to 11 day vacation in the middle of the season. Danger cat. <laughs> if it it's is. anything like Jasper Alberta. <laughs> it is indeed. Some of those guys that don't make it aren't exactly heartbroken. They go yeah. and uh, get their little reset button pressed for the, the latter part of the season. It can always be fun. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. It's been the Department of Discipline, a hockeyfights.com podcast. My boy's a hockey player. My boy, he's pretty tough. I'm awfully proud of my boy. He ain't afraid to mix it up. Should have seen him whoop that Nichols kid. Gave that boy a bloody nose shoot. By the time he's 10 years old, my boy be ready for the pros. Want to see a hockey fight? Little Donnie Brook, a little brew, ha ha. The bar team should score tonight. We all can yell, hurrah, hurrah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.